Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. How much money do you need to retire? Is it a million dollars? More? Can you do it on less? How do you even go about determining this? That's what we're going to figure out on today's edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm Barry Watts, your host, and this podcast is brought to you by the Wealthcare Corporation. The Wealthcare Corporation is a national personal wealth management firm that helps people retire with confidence, age with dignity, and create legacy for generations to follow. They do that by taking a personalized approach that is unique to every client. It always starts with taxes as the centerpiece strategy, because while you may do well with savings and investments, it isn't going to matter if you don't get the taxes right. Once you have minimized taxes and eliminated or reduced them as much as possible, then it becomes a matter of understanding simple strategies designed to reduce or eliminate risk, obvious ways to interpret what the markets are telling you so you know whether to be invested in the markets or on the sidelines, and more specifically, which segments of the economy to be in or out of at any given time. All of that allows you to approach retirement with a greater sense of confidence, but it doesn't stop there. When you know that a plan is in place to protect you from long-term care risk, and you've got tools to leave a financial and moral legacy to your children and grandchildren, well, you can not only take a more relaxed approach toward retirement, but you can also know you'll be making a difference in the life of your family for generations to come. If you're interested in finding out more, go to www.savingyoutaxes.com, and there you can learn all about the fine work the team of accountants actuaries and advisors does in designing retirements at the Wealth Care Corporation. Thank you, Patrice. Now back to our topic. What is the right amount of money to have in order to retire? Fortune Magazine released an article just last week on fortune.com with the headline, How Much Do You Need to Retire? A good rule of thumb is to save enough to cover 80% of your pre-retirement income. Well, now that's an attention-catching headline. It's the kind of thing that caused me to read the article. But after reading the article, my thoughts were, oh, really? 80%? Says who? I'll remind you, you should always question what you read or what you hear someone in media, including me, tell you. In questioning, I did a little research, and I discovered that the author of the article graduated with a bachelor's degree in 2021. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not exactly deep in terms of experience. In fact, her LinkedIn profile touts her experience as being the outreach chair of the Wisconsin Competition Cheer Club. Now, there's a credential to be writing financial articles for Forbes magazine. Well, the article went on to quote a financial consultant named Steve Sexton, who said, for example, if you make $150,000 per year, 
you should aim to have at least $120,000 per year in retirement to live comfortably in your golden years. To which I say, based on what? What set of facts and circumstances produce this conclusion? Or did you just make that up? By the way, I looked up this guy as well. And if he has any financial or retirement planning credentials, he's hiding them well. His website does say that he began his career in the insurance and financial industry with the Automobile Club of Southern California. And for the past 17 years, he's developed his own financial advice business. But it doesn't identify any credential he has to be offering advice. In fact, his website says that his company, quote, does not offer tax, legal, or investment advice, end quote. And it goes on to say, always consult with qualified professionals concerning your own situation. Yet he is quoted as an expert in Forbes magazine. And this is a classic example of why I don't want you to simply take something that you read as gospel truth. Now, I don't know where Steve got his fact that you should save for targeting 80% of your working income in retirement. I suspect he just made that up. But then it turns into a headline, goes into an article. People accept it as true, even though it's got no basis in reality. You may, in fact, need a lot more or a lot less in retirement than you're currently making. Or you may need exactly the same amount. And my bias is to start with that number that you're earning right now and work up or down from there. So how much money do you need in order to retire? Well, a recent article on GoBankingRates.com quotes a Charles Schwab survey, and I should mention to you that Schwab is the custodian partner of Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC, our investment advisory firm. It quotes this Charles Schwab survey as saying the average American needs about $1.9 million to retire comfortably, but it doesn't say anything about how that number was determined. The article does go on to talk about how long a million dollars will last in every state. It says that the most expensive state to live in is Hawaii, which I bet that's true. And it says that based on the average costs for things like housing and groceries and utilities and healthcare and transportation and so forth, when they average it all out in Hawaii, it says that putting all those expenses together, that if you have a million dollars in Hawaii, it will last for 10 years, 10 months, and 24 days. So on the 25th day of the 10th month of the 10th year, I guess you're going to be out of luck. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, it talks about buying those exact same items in the state of Mississippi. And it said it would result in your million dollars in Mississippi lasting 25 years, three months and nine days. So I guess the lesson from that article is if you want to stretch your money in retirement, you might want to avoid Hawaii, New York, and California, and instead look to Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Kansas as the three states where your million dollars goes the furthest. But is $1 million the number? How much money do you need in order to retire? I think some people would always say, more. I need more. A reporter once asked John D. Rockefeller, who was considered to be the wealthiest American of all time and the richest person in modern history. They asked him, Mr. Rockefeller, just how much money is enough? And Rockefeller is reported to have replied, oh, just a little more. I think that's the way many people approach retirement, saving, and investing. When will you have enough to retire? Well, after I have just a little more.
but I don't agree with that either. In fact, today I want you to think about retirement in a totally different way. And to help you do that, we're going to change up the topic just a little bit and actually discuss urination. <laughs> Here's an interesting story. In 2007, a California radio station held a contest. It was called Hold Your Wii for a Wii. You remember that a Wii is the computer game that you can play on your television. You can play tennis or you can throw a ball or you can bat each box with each other, all these kinds of things. So that's what a Wii is. And the contest was Hold Your Wii. In other words, don't go to the bathroom. And whoever can do that for the longest will win a Wii, the computer game. So there's this 28-year-old girl named Jennifer Strange. I say she's a girl. I suppose at 28, you qualify as a young woman. And she finished six liters of water in three hours before bowing out. Later that night, she died from hyponatremia, a swelling of the cells due to low sodium in the blood. Now, if you walked up to a stranger on the street and asked, is water a good thing? You'd overwhelmingly hear the answer, yes. But as Jennifer Strange's story shows, the amount matters. It's not just the substance, it's the amount. Now, inherently, we know this to be true. Sunshine is great, but sunburn is bad. A dish of ice cream is delicious, but a gallon of ice cream makes you a glutton. A weekend with extended family is precious, but a month with the same people will make you go crazy. And so we know that moderation is a good thing, but when it comes to money, we all become Rockefellers and we say, oh, just a little more. Yet, is there a point at which too much money has a negative effect on happiness? Can too much wealth produce anxiety? Can it damage your family? We all know stories of rich kids who grew up spoiled and detached from reality. I remember a young man in his 20s working in the Florida real estate market, making over a million dollars a year. This was back before the crash and the Great Recession of 2008. And I was sitting with him in a meeting in Chicago when he turned to me because he knew that our planning approach centered strategically around taxes. And he said to me, you know, Barry, once you pay the taxes, a million dollars really isn't all that much. Really? You're 25 years old, and a million dollars isn't all that much. Now, I just want to let you conjecture about this young man for a moment. Do you suppose he was living a well-grounded life in his mid-20s making a million dollars a year? I can answer the question for you. It was no. He was flying privately. Commercial jets with the common masses were not uh, acceptable to him. He bedded multiple women every week, and he was drinking a way too much expensive whiskey. Certainly, it's possible to actually have too much money, and I'd argue that maybe he did. But one of the other things that we all know about too much money is that relationships with friends can deteriorate as net worth is increased. I just sat with a banker a few days ago at lunch who told me about his own father who had sold his company when he was 34 years old and he had enough money to retire. So he did. But there was only one problem. In this middle-sized 10,000 or so people town that he lived in, all of his dad's friends weren't retired. They still had to work. 
So though dad had money, he didn't have anyone left to play with. They couldn't go fishing in the middle of the day. They couldn't take a drive up through the mountains next week. And as a result, his friendship circle just began to diminish. And today his dad is in his 70s and he's socially isolated from all the people that he used to love. Unintentionally, having money separated him. So there is some point at which money has a diminishing return on happiness. I don't know where that point is. It's going to be different for every person, but I want you to think of it like an upside down V. So you've got an upside down V that's open to the bottom. It's the V of happiness. As you climb the outer leg of the V, you get happier and happier with each move upward. But at some point, one more move upward doesn't increase your happiness. In fact, one more move might start you over the top of the V and back down the other side and begin diminishing your happiness. So what is the right amount of money to maximize your happiness? When do you have the right amount of money to be able to retire? Well, there's something I think that you should think about. Accumulating money shouldn't be about being rich. It should be about being wealthy. Do you know the difference between rich and wealthy? Being rich is about having a lot of money. Being wealthy, on the other hand, is about having control of your time. When you're wealthy and you have control of your time, you can do what you want, when you want, how you want, with who you want. That is wealth. So I want to encourage you not to focus on being rich. Focus instead on accumulating enough money that you can be wealthy and control your own time. So you can go to work if you want to. You can sleep in if you want to. You can go fishing or see grandkids or work in the garden or volunteer or go to the library or learn to play the piano if and when you want to. That is the definition of wealth. So with that in mind, how can you ever know what the right amount of money is to retire on? I think what you've got to do is shift your mind and think a bit differently. You see, you can't spend wealth and you can't spend riches. The only thing you can spend is actually income. So the purpose of your money is to produce for you an income stream. And that stream of consistent income coming in every month is what funds your retirement. So it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. What matters is how much income you have. The purpose of all that you have accumulated is the production of monthly income. So the way to answer the question about what is enough, the right amount of money to retire on, is to ask, how much monthly income do you need? Now, I'm always amazed at how people struggle with this. One lady making a million dollars a year recently told me that her monthly income need was between $800 and $1,000 a month. Really? Really? You make a million dollars a year and all you need is $800 or $1,000 a month? Well, she readily admitted that she really didn't have any idea what it cost her to live because she just spent whatever she wanted to, and she'd never had to worry about money or keep track of what she spent. So she couldn't answer the question. And I think it's astonishing that people can't figure out how much monthly income they need, but it's really simple. You start with the monthly income that you receive now. Is it enough or do you need more or is it more than enough? You've actually got excess. Start with what you're receiving now, and then we can work from there 
to establish your income need for right now. Now, in the case of the person who's making a million who doesn't keep tracks, track, perhaps here's another way to do it. Look back over six months worth of bank statements and see how many total dollars have averaged going out of your bank account each month for the past six months or a year. That might give you a good starting point to figure out what you are actually spending. But once we know what your monthly number is, then we have this very magical process, this thing that is called math, math. We can take your number and we can figure out how much that number will need to grow each year to offset inflation. So we'll know how much you're going to need every year for the rest of your life until you turn 100 years old. And once we know that number, we can then subtract out the income that you are guaranteed to receive from Social Security or pensions. And after we subtract the Social Security and pensions out, then we will know how much money your investments will have to provide and it's then that we have the answer to the question, how much money do you need in order to retire? You need enough to be able to fund your monthly income for the rest of your life until you die, which we always say happens at age 100. Now, maybe you'll discover that you're already there. You've got enough money to fund your monthly income. And if that's the case, congratulations. Maybe you'll discover that you don't have enough money to fund your monthly income. And if you don't have enough, then you can figure out how to work with what you do have. And we'll help you think through that process. Maybe you have another asset you could convert to cash, or maybe you work uh, two years longer, or maybe you marry a rich woman. <laughs> but the point is, once you know what your monthly number is, then it becomes doable. You can adjust things and work toward achieving it. You may not need a million dollars, or you may need $2 million. The amount isn't where you begin. You begin by establishing your monthly income need, and then you work the math puzzle from there. Now, if math puzzles aren't your thing, never fear. It's what my team does every day at the Wealthcare Corporation. So if you'd like our help, just call us. You can reach out by going to www.savingyoutaxes.com, and there you'll find all of our contact information. So you can send a message or just pick up the phone and call us, and they'll put you on my calendar uh, or that of one of our associate advisors who are CPAs and tax strategists and experts in the field of designing retirement cash flow plans. And then we'll start you toward answering this important question that will help you to know whether you can retire or not now or not. And if you can't retire now, when you're able to retire. Our whole purpose is to help you, to help you retire with confidence, enjoy that retirement while you age with dignity, and leave a legacy that will impact future generations of your family. Until next time on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, I'm Barry Watts reminding you that tax strategy always comes first. Because no matter what you do in planning for retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. This podcast is a production of the Wealthcare Corporation, found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal, tax, and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not a specific advice for you. 
The lawyers like for us to remind you that all investment involves risk. You could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.